welcome to this week's episode of Slightly Unhinged. So initially when I was planning out this episode, I had entirely intended to do an episode on self-care and taking care of yourself. And no worries, that episode will come eventually, but just due to this week, I don't really feel up to talking about self-care when I know personally I haven't been taking the best care of myself. So instead of talking about self-care today, I'm going to talk about something that you should probably implement into your life if you haven't already, and I guess it could be seen as a form of self-care, but I would highly recommend that everybody, regardless of the history that they think they have, everyone should probably be in therapy, or at least give therapy, you know, an honest go and see what happens for them. I feel like there's a lot of things that we grew up with or that we just exist inside of that we are honestly convinced is pretty normal for us. And even now, like I'll have experiences where something will happen or someone will say something or I'll like think about something a different way. And I'll be like, oh, (laughs) like I guess the way that I've been doing it my whole life or the way that I've seen it done is isn't healthy or isn't the best way to be doing it. I know that this was especially apparent. I was watching um, actually one of my coworkers and my boss, and they were talking about like some of the things that they did with their kids. And my boss had brought her daughter to work one day, and I was able to see like interactions between the two of them. And it was just so crazy to me. Like I was sitting here and I'm like, wow, like their relationship is almost what you'd see in like a kid's movie. I thought that that was just like a fantasy and not necessarily the reality of like actual people who are like living, breathing on the earth because my life had been so different. And the people I grew up with, like my friends, my family, we all had grown up within the same kind of culture that ended up being really toxic. And none of us were able to recognize that because it was just all that we ever knew. And so I always like to take note of these moments when I realize this, especially when it comes to parenting or approaching kids or relationships, because I want to be able to take this time that I have in my life of being single and alone and not married and not having kids to really not perfect myself, but really work on myself to get to a point where I feel like I am the healthiest that I can be for me so that I'm able to be healthy for a significant other, my friends, and eventually somewhere down the line, like a family that I'll build. So I always try to take note mentally or even jot down things that I notice and things that I'd like to work on too. And noticing these things doesn't make you a bad person. Noticing your faults or the way that you react to things that you grew within, these things don't make you a bad person. The fact that you're noticing it and realizing it and wanting to change or wanting to take a different route is what makes you a good person. It's what makes you someone that's moving forward. It makes you moldable and changeable and you're not just trapped in whatever upbringing you had or whatever experiences that you may have had in your past because there's always this room for you to grow and change and learn and become better. And that's the whole reason and why, well, you can get into it, but I think that's the whole reason why we're here is to kind of learn and build ourselves up and really take that time to develop as people. 
I recently had a TikTok come up on my feed the other day that was talking about the negative or toxic culture that growing up in like a white family creates. And I felt like I always heard, especially growing up in like a really diverse area, like all my friends talking about like brown parents, like things that brown parents do, like brown parent expectations. And it never really turned around and was a conversation about the toxicity of white culture because I feel like a lot of the time it's just perceived as like white culture is like soccer moms, stay-at-home moms. The dad like goes to work. They come home and have dinner as a family and like pray around the table. And seeing this post on TikTok brought up a lot of conversations that I feel like I've never heard and I've never had because I feel like for a lot of families, and this isn't just like white families, this is all kinds of families. There's a lot of things that we do that we think is completely normal, but that's really toxic. Like I was scrolling through some of these things and I was liking them as I went through them. And the number of people who had experienced these same negative and like very traumatic experiences was extensive. I had never thought that, like I had always thought that these things were normal, but I had never thought that so many other people had these exact same experiences. Like for example, one of them was like your parents taking the door off the hinges when you're in trouble and people pointing out that that isn't a healthy way to approach your child sharing their emotions or that sharing negative emotions like being upset about something or wanting to talk to you and it really brought up a lot of things from my childhood I'm not going to say that my parents were bad people um, but they definitely had a lot of their own issues that they brought into our family in an unresolved fashion so instead of processing those things before having our family my parents just kind of like scraped their way through along with those issues and the side effects or the like ramifications of that was a parenting style that may or may not have been the most healthy. It definitely had some like toxic aspects to it. And it's just so, it's comforting in a way to know that other people experienced it, but it's also kind of shocking too, because I know I don't have a child now, but I have a puppy And there are times when I am trying to like puppy parent him and my initial gut reaction to certain things is like things that my parents would do. Like sometimes he'll be whining and crying and like I'll be at the end of my rope. I've had like a really long day at work and part of me just wants to yell at him and just be like, shut up, Milo. Like, shut up. Like, just walk away. Because that was something that I like repeatedly heard, walk away especially. Like, as if, because I could easily walk myself away. He'd probably follow me, but I could use that space to calm down. But the fact that I'm turning to my dog, who may or may not know the complexities of the English language, and I'm saying walk away, I'm starting to realize that a lot of these things that my parents brought me up with are really ingrained into who I am as a person now. And I'm not really in a whole lot of situations where... I'm in like a parent-child or like a close romantic relationship with other people where we're sharing space where that would come out. And so that in itself was kind of shocking and kind of scary too to be sitting there and being like, oh my God, like who am I? Like I think that I'm this really 
because I've really been trying to work on myself over the last few years, trying to be more calm and reflective and taking space for myself and really just like riding the waves in my emotions and not being as aggressive and not having as many outbursts as I definitely remember having as like an adolescent. But the fact that these things are still like inside of me was kind of scary in the moment. But I know that I've come really far and now that I've recognized these new things that I need to work on, I can continue to work on them and teach myself and take that time to teach myself the positive way that I should be reacting and then practice that now while I still have the space of being, you know, a young single adult. So I had mentioned the importance of going to therapy. So if you haven't already, I would recommend going to like psychologytoday.com and finding yourself a therapist. But another thing that I've definitely learned in therapy over the last year or so that I've been going is the importance and the normalcy of setting boundaries. That was never really something that I had encountered growing up. I had heard people talk about it, and even when I started getting, when I moved out and I was starting to get into, like, self-growth, self-development, everyone talks about boundaries, and I had always thought, like, I'm a smart girl, like, I quote-unquote take care of myself, like, I am probably have enough boundaries in place that, you know, I'm in a good spot, I'm taking care of myself. But going to therapy and really reflecting deeply and learning more things and talking to different people and reading more books and really helped me to realize that I wasn't setting boundaries or at least not the way I should have been setting them because my version of the boundary was I'd prefer if this person didn't do this, but I am more than willing to make every excuse in the book and more if they end up doing it. So instead of being like, you know what? I want you to reach out to me ahead of time if we're going to hang out because it is important to me to know what I'm doing during the week and my time is important to me. I would like to know when you're coming over, what we're planning to do. I want to know that ahead of time. I don't want you to just call me the second you want to hang out. And you know, when I first say that, you think like, oh, Sierra, you're such a stickler. Like, that's such a firm boundary. Like, what if I just like get called out of work and I wanted to go to dinner. Like, what about that? And that's a very different situation, but that should be an option and not something that I feel forced into. Because, for example, I set this imaginary, not solid boundary for myself that I'm not going to hang out with people unless I know ahead of time. And then someone calls me and they're like, hey, I'm free. Do you want to hang out? And I go, not necessarily because I wanted to go or because I am free, but because I am so worried that I won't have this opportunity again in the near future because this person is not making plans with me ahead of time. So I was basically for really long and still sometimes a long portion of my life, I was just living at the free will of other people because in my mind everyone else's time was almost more important. Like this was like a subconscious feeling that I had. Everyone else's time was more important than mine. And so when they had free time that they could fit, fit, listen to this, fit me into, I needed to jump on it instead of thinking about my life as, 
I am an important person. My time is important to me. And if people want to hang out with me, they can reach out and we can have a communication and we can make time for each other and make space for each other. Instead of this, oh, someone just so happened to have some spare time and I can just squeeze myself in. Because this ended up putting me into a lot of relationships, whether that be family, friends, or like significant others over the years, where I was just constantly grasping at straws and I was convinced that that was love or that was people caring about me. And I feel like another really beneficial thing, if you don't want to go to therapy yet, I would highly recommend if you're in any kind of relationship, friends, family, significant other, like honestly, I think coworkers should do it too. But doing the five love languages test and seeing what your love languages are, because it makes like all your relationships, it makes your self-care so much easier. But for me, one of my top love languages is quality time. And so when people would give me the sliver of time, that was like someone professing their love for me or Sierra, I really care about you. I really want to spend time with you. When in reality, a lot of the time it was just like, oh, I have time to kill. I don't want to be alone. So let me text Sierra because I know that she'll always come over. And in reality, that really wasn't fair to me. I wasn't being fair to myself and I wasn't taking care of myself because I was allowing my life to honestly be filled up with people who were so unreliable and so inconsistent that I was constantly felt like I was like grasping at straws every single day. Because then not setting that boundary also turns into a situation where people who are setting or who are, are obeying my boundary I would even consider passing up spending time with them to spend time with these people who were just really willy-nilly because I knew that if my friend who had already scheduled a time, scheduled time all the time, I could just reach out and be like, hey, do you want to get lunch next Wednesday? Instead, something came up and instead give that part of me and that time that I had to someone who is really inconsistent. And that's really hard, too, to realize that, like, the people that you're cutting out time for, that you're making time for, and you're thinking in your mind, like, I'm making this time to hang out with my friend that I really care about and who I think really cares about me because life's so crazy and we just can't really find time for each other. And so now I have this one exact moment that we can spend time together. I'm so excited. When in reality, this person was consistently not making time for me for weeks and weeks and weeks. And the second they gave me like a sliver, I jumped on it. And I think that we need to stop cutting out and making so much space for these people who aren't doing the same for us. And I know that might sound, especially for people who are like empaths or think of themselves as like caretakers, that might sound really harsh and that might honestly sound pretty crappy, but it's the whole metaphor of you need to put on your own oxygen mask first before you help other people if you're consistently making space for other people if you're consistently taking care of other people who aren't making space and taking care of you then you're just going to burn yourself out and you're going to create this almost like fantasy realm that you're living in where you think that these people really care about you when in reality they really don't and they aren't worth your time. 
So even if it's small this week, I would highly encourage you to just try setting a boundary. And I know there's a lot of people who, especially women, that I've seen one of their first date items is setting a boundary or saying no to see how someone reacts. And I think that's a pretty good philosophy or approach to apply to any relationships that you have. Because now that I have become more aware and self-conscious of this, I have seen where there's a lot of people where I'll reach out and set a boundary. It's not even a big boundary. It could be like, I really don't like going out on weeknights. Or I would like you to not text me after 10. Or even like small things like, I don't want a drink that you're offering me. I just want to have a water. And seeing the way that people react to that is going to tell you a lot about who they are as a person and how much they, how much respect they give you right from the start. And this has nothing to do with you as a person, your worth, your value, anything. It only has to do with the way that they treat people. This has nothing to do with you. This just has to do with them. And taking that time to set that boundary first and be able to see people for what they are before you get into this whole game that I was playing for years and years and years of making all of this space for people, you'll know ahead of time and really save yourself a lot of time and heartbreak and confusion by being able to see people for who they are up front. So now that you're self-conscious about your initial reaction to situations in your life and you've thought a little bit about setting boundaries, I think the next thing that I've really learned from therapy and that has been really beneficial to me is some of my like core reactions or core thoughts or core beliefs about myself that I over the years have just assumed are normal thoughts, feelings, and beliefs that everybody has and that is not necessarily true. One of the ones that I had written down recently was the idea that I have been carrying a lot of invisible like emotional labor over the years for a lot of people that I have had relationships with and that's platonic and romantic because I remember like thinking about it as a kid I would have described myself as like very caring and very responsible reliable. I would even continue even to now describing myself as these things. And the reason I did this is because I had always seen myself as somebody that people could rely on because as I mentioned before, I was really bad at setting boundaries. So if you really needed somebody, I was there. And if you kind of needed somebody, I was there. And if you were just bored and wanted to waste someone's time, guess what? I was there. And I really ingrained that in myself as why I mattered. I thought that my purpose and the translation of that for me was the reason that I had worth was because I was helpful to other people and I could be there for other people. And you would think like, oh, this is great. Like, why would that be a bad thing to want to take care of people and want to be there for people and want to support people? Like, those all sound like really positive things here. Like, why would that be a negative thing? But in reality, 
this approach of thinking that me taking care of other people was directly associated with my worth, I was putting myself repeatedly into really like unsafe and really unhealthy situations where I was being shouldering like the emotional pain of adults at a really young age and feeling like I was responsible for the way that they were feeling and that I was the only person at like six, seven, eight, 10, 11, 12 years old who could be there and support someone. And it's funny because when I first started going to therapy, I had brought up a story from middle school. I had like reconnected with an old classmate and on Facebook, you know, like high quality middle school life being on Facebook. But I had like reconnected with an old classmate and things got really toxic really fast with this person. I can't remember like super well because it's been a really long time, but to my memory of the incident we had talked a lot and it got to a point where this individual was like you were the only reason that I'm around and they had asked me for like more explicit things and they had asked me to really step outside of my comfort zone because they wanted to be like in a a long distance relationship at like 14 13. And I wasn't necessarily ready for that, but it turned into a conversation where it was like, if you aren't there for me, or you don't support me, or you don't send me what I want, I'm going to kill myself. And for a lot of years, I would like share this story with people sometimes if I had opened up with them. And I would be shocked. I'd be like, wow, like, I can't believe that, you know, I like let this go as far as it did and I can't believe that I like gave in as much to this as I did and it ended up happening a similar situation happened like later in life when I was in like late high school with one of my friends and I kept like thinking about it and I was like why is this happening to me like why do I keep letting this happen because you think about it if it's black and white that's clearly like a form of manipulation why didn't I just cut and run and the reality of the matter is that I had been brought up in a way that almost benefited these people who were trying to take emotional advantage of me because I had grown up from a really young age thinking that I was responsible for the emotions of other people in my household and that I was the only one holding things together and that everything really rested on my shoulders, which is a really inappropriate thing to be putting on, you know, a child or even a teenager at that rate. But that was just the reality of my situation. And I remember... It can't, it's not even necessarily like a horrible thing that people were saying to me as a kid. It could be like, wow, you're really like taking care of your family. It's always like slide comments or not even negative comments, but just comments from other people who aren't existing in your reality that kind of almost unintentionally gaslight you into thinking that your situation is normal or that you're doing a good thing. 
Because I'd always hear things like, oh, it's so good that you're there for your family, or it's so good that you're taking care of them. Like, that's so impressive. I'm so proud of you. Like, you're so mature. Keep hearing all of these things over and over and over and over, and you start thinking, wow, my worth is tied to taking care of my family. My worth is tied to me being emotionally present for other people. My worth is tied to me being mature, and mature in that sense is shutting off your own emotions and not being outwardly expressive with them in order to take the burden of other people on and that just keeps hammering in over and over and over and it's such small things one after another that all of a sudden like years have passed and you're existing in this reality where you feel like absolute garbage about yourself and you don't know why and it's because you don't have boundaries, you don't have people who are taking care of you, your sense of self and your sense of worth is completely skewed on things that are totally out of your control, there's no way that you can control other people's emotions. If somebody is upset, at, like, if you for, if you walk up to someone and you're like, I hate you, you're stupid, you're ugly, like, obviously that's going to have a negative reaction come from somebody, but someone's emotions completely separate from you has nothing to do with you like if your sister is upset because she got a d on a test that's not your fault your reaction to your sister getting a d on a test should be like oh she's upset about that that sucks for her like i it should not be maybe i should have helped her study more or maybe i should have cut out more time to teach her about this talk that's that's not it that's not it. And if you do have those feelings or those thoughts, that should be coming from a place of like pure, genuine gift. Like that should be a gift to somebody else. That should not be an expectation. You giving parts of yourself, you giving time, you giving energy, you giving thought, you giving emotion, those are all gifts from you to other people. Those are not expectations. You do not owe anybody anything ever. And if you live your life that way, while still being, like, a compassionate person, it's going to be just such a healthier life for you to be living because you're able to take that space and create this safe haven for yourself where you're living within your own controlled environment. Your thoughts are your thoughts. Your emotions are your emotions. And it helps you to take ownership over your existence as opposed to taking this partial ownership over other people. And the flip side of that coin is that if you're constantly putting yourself out there for other people emotionally, but you're not doing it for yourself, the underlying thought that you might be having is that somebody else is out there to take care of your emotions, which is not true. (laughs) Because you are responsible for your emotions. But I remember for a really long time, and this wasn't even like, I wouldn't say that this was like a present conscious thought that I had. This wasn't just like, oh yeah, I'm like sitting at the lunch table and like, I just have this thought. But I had this almost subconscious belief that my life kind of sucked right now and I was taking a lot of the burden for other people, but it would be okay because you know, I would meet a guy one day. I would meet, like, my Prince Charming who would whisk me away and take care of my needs and be emotionally present for me in the way that my parents weren't, 
that my friends weren't, that like other people that I had dated, like my ex-boyfriends, my ex-flings, that they weren't there for. It would just all be found in this like magical person, like my soulmate. And that's not the reality. The reality is that instead of putting all of this time and energy into other people thinking that eventually it might pay off, I should have been putting all that time and energy into myself and then using that surplus time, energy, love, emotion to give to other people. And I should have been able to say no earlier. And it's almost hard to sit here and not turn around and place some kind of blame on myself. I know I was like thinking about this earlier in the car. and I was trying to be careful with my wording because I didn't want it to be like aggressive towards myself necessarily. Like I didn't want to be sitting there blaming myself for like this lack of boundaries that I had had. Because the fact of the matter is, is that we've all really went through a lot. Even if you don't necessarily think your life was that bad or that terrible, I'm sure that there have been experiences that have really hurt you or that you've really had to learn from or even things that make no freaking sense that you're still like trying to gravel with and come like overcome. And you need to be able to take time to make space like a comforting, welcome, caring space for yourself where you can sit down and be like, yes, I did not have boundaries in the past or I wasn't as passionate or upholding of these boundaries. And that should be something that I should improve in the future because that will help me to be better to be healthier, to be more compassionate, to be more present, whatever it is. But it should never be a, I messed up, I didn't do enough. Those are not the things that you should be thinking. Those are not the things that you should be saying yourself. The things that you should be saying yourself are positive things. Like, I am going to make this space for myself in the future because I deserve it. I would highly recommend focusing your wording and your thought process on the future and on taking care of yourself. Because once you open that door to like letting shame in, it's really easy to really get swept away and kind of lose track of what you initially had planned on improving because you're just so overcome with these feelings of shame or a loss of self-worth. And it's just really important to remember that you are deserving of a healthy life and you are deserving of compassion. You are deserving of love and you are deserving of a better future and all of those things you can create and build for yourself And it's better for you to create and build those things for yourself than it is to try to find that from external sources. Yes, it's always nice to have love and compassion from other people, but it's way, 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 way more important to be able to create that space for yourself first. Honestly, right now, I'm kind of giving myself a little pat on the back, and I know that my therapist would be pretty proud of me because I was able to make it 31 minutes and 31 seconds 
without making a ton of jokes because coping or humor is definitely one of my coping mechanisms. I know that I send a lot of like Snapchats and texts to my friends where in my mind I'm saying like, oh, I'm really not doing well. I need some help. But their responses tend to be like LMAO same because I've actually in reality made a really funny or relatable joke. So anyway, that's an issue for another time. I got bigger fish to fry right now. So if you haven't already, we do have an Instagram for the podcast. It is at slightly unhinged pod on Instagram. Just so everyone's aware, I definitely do have a love-hate relationship with Instagram, and I have been known to just delete the app on a whim all the time. But I do go back to check my messages, so if there is anything you want to say, any suggestions, comments, questions, stories that you want me to bring up, ideas for future podcasts, please feel free to send me a DM on there or post a comment on the picture. I'm going to post like the logo so you can comment underneath it if you would like. So that is definitely an option. I also just wanted to bring up some of my future plans for future podcasts. I know that eventually there will be a self-care podcast, the one that was supposed to be put out this week, but that will come out eventually. I am currently in the works on a podcast that really encompasses and goes over some of my experiences with living with TBI because my one-year anniversary of my TBI is coming up. So my plan was to release that that week, and so that would be in August. But if you have any questions in the meantime concerning TBI or anything like that, please, please, please reach out and let me know, and I'll make sure that I cover everything in that podcast when the time comes. But thank you all for listening so much. I hope you have a beautiful day, a beautiful weekend, and a fantastic week next week. And don't feel bad about being slightly unhinged. Thanks.